0: I'm sorry, that is just not possible. It is a voice on the phone as one tries to straighten out a problem with a bank or an airline or a bureaucracy of some sort and makes a request for a particular kind of assistance. Can you just check my record? Can I get a refund? Can I sign up for that program now? I'm sorry. That is just not possible. And understand, I have great empathy for all people who work in customer service of any sort for any company. That is not an easy job, and one has to deal with all sorts of special requests and pleas for individualized attention. But it strikes me often that the word possible is being misused. That is just not possible. No, no, it is definitely possible. The very fact that your company or organization or employer has chosen to restrict it, to make a policy to deny such a request, means that they understood that it was indeed a possibility, a possibility which they have decided they do not want to entertain. It is a possibility which they, and they have every right to do so, reject. And look, I promise this sermon will not be just a whiny rant from your minister recounting frustrations with customer service. I promise. But I want to point out that the misuse of the word possible, most often in a negative sense, that is just not possible. That this misuse of the word possible occurs on many levels throughout our culture and that it has worked to keep us stuck. It makes us think we can't. I would hazard a guess that most times we hear a variation on that is just not possible. We are actually hearing we choose not to allow for that possibility. To say it is not possible, however, allows one to avoid the responsibility of that choice. Now, I am a fan of what is known as the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. I like even better theologian Reinhold Niebuhr's original version. God grant us the grace to accept with serenity that which we cannot change, the courage to change what should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish one from another. I think calling it the serenity prayer is something of a misnomer, as the focus of the prayer is change. Serenity to accept that which I cannot change, courage to change things which can and should be changed, wisdom to distinguish between that which I can change and that which is beyond my power to change. Now there are those activists who bristle at the idea of accepting with serenity that which we cannot change. I have seen this reworded to say the courage to change the things which I cannot accept. And I get that. I do. But I don't think the problem is with accepting that which we truly cannot change. I think our problem is we put things in that category that don't belong there. We add more and more erroneously to the things we can't change. We have been misled into believing that we cannot change things which we can. We have been told things are not possible when they are possible, but simply not Chosen. Naomi Klein said we act as if there is no end to what is actually finite. Fossil fuels and the atmospheric space to absorb their emissions. And we act as if there are strict and immovable limits to what is actually bountiful. The financial resources to build the kind of society we need. Basically, she's saying we confuse what we cannot change the finite nature of fossil fuels and the destructive ramifications of their use for our environment, and what we can change, directing financial resources to build the kind of society we need. One might imagine, listening to many political discussions, that economics is a matter of determining irrefutable, immovable natural laws rather than a series of human choices, an imaginative, if sometimes twisted, creation of structures. One might imagine, listening to many political discussions, that spending too much money is a problem, that spending over a certain amount is simply not possible. But that is not the case. It is difficult to hear the apoplectic tirades against spending, When it comes to extending unemployment, extending the eviction moratorium, providing universal health care, immigrant services, child care, education, action to address climate change, it is difficult to hear when one considers the passage this last year of a $752.9 billion. I repeat, $752.9 billion defense budget. If you thought it would go down with the new administration, think again. It is over $35 billion more than last year. It is difficult to hear in this context that providing life-saving services to people is just not possible. Now, one can debate projected outcomes of those decisions. Though why the rich and the banks and the corporations are always incentivized by giving them money, while incentivizing poor people always revolves around taking away financial assistance. I will never understand that equation, but one can debate possible outcomes. But then it becomes clear that we are talking about choices. To say something is hard or disruptive or will require sacrifice or will be uncomfortable is not the same as saying that it is not possible. It is difficult to hear that the institution of a maximum income or a truly progressive tax structure is just not possible when the three richest people in the world possess more financial assets than all the people in the 48 poorest countries added together. When the wealthiest 1% of the human population owns more than the bottom 70%. It is difficult to hear, especially when we realize that the world is this way because choices have been made, not because another world is impossible. Asked whether a quicker energy transition can be achieved without costing tons of thousands of jobs. Greta Thunberg said, I sure hope so. I think we need to envision that. We can't just say that it's not possible. Let's just give up. We have to at least try. I don't see that as a reason for not trying. We can't just say that it's not possible. If we are to truly address climate change, it will mean major changes for everyone. It will disrupt the economy. It will require sacrifices. It will require that we come together in a human family in ways that has never happened before. But we have what we need. The task of our time is to challenge this false scarcity, to insist that we can afford To build a decent, inclusive society, while at the same time respect the real limits to what the earth can take. The task of our time is to turn this around, to clear up the confusion between choices and impossibility. To expand our ideas of the things that can be changed so that we can muster the courage to change the things which should be changed. Imagine this. Smog stopped choking New Delhi, and the people in Punjab can see the Himalayan mountain range more than 100 miles away for the first time in decades. Nitrogen dioxide pollution in the northeastern United States is down 30%. Rome air pollution levels from mid-March to mid-April were down 49%. From a year ago, astounding before and after photos of a wide variety of commonly polluted urban skylines fill the news and media social social media feeds. People say this is giving us an opportunity to magically see how much better it can be. I shared that in a sermon in April of 2020. And we know, of course, what allowed this circumstance to occur, a pandemic with all the suffering that ensued is not the way that we want to build a decent and inclusive society that respects the real limits of what the earth can take. But it did allow us to see something that I, for one, I remember looking at those photos of skylines across the world. I, for one, never thought possible. It's not the way we want to change things. In fact, we must remember all those who have died and who are dying, those who are sick or will become sick still with this virus, those who have lost jobs and homes and resources, those who lived on or over the edge already and are being pushed into greater suffering and insecurity. Those who work in hospitals and clinics who continue risking their own lives and security to care for others, forced to make decisions about the allocation of tragically limited, once again, resources, knowing that they could switch positions with the people they care for on any given day. But if those pictures... If the stories and the photos and the statistics revive our awareness of how we are inextricably connected to the earth and to one another. If the skylines clearing in a matter of weeks provided hope, not for what could happen if we stopped living, but for what is possible if we are intentionally and compassionately grounded, grounded in the soil, the dirt, the earth grounded in our deepening awareness of those connections, what we can do to most explicitly care for those who are most vulnerable, then those pictures hold promise. They can provide hope. They can help put the lie to all those who say, I'm sorry, that is just not possible. Landria Williams, a powerful leader in Unitarian Universalism and former co-moderator of the Unitarian Universalist Association, who died just under a year ago, said the theological question that struck me the most, speaking of her conversation with people from 17 countries, is do we honor each other's humanity? Do we honor what the earth is for us as a guider, a teacher, a nurturer, a protector, the earth as us, we are not separate. Do we believe that we are in a time that is calling on us to have a different conversation that is not about economics, but going back to community? Because if we actually believe that every living creature is worthy and that we also are worthy, then how we move with the earth and her resources How we move with ourselves will be entirely different. And that's a possibility. That's a possibility. What do we have the courage to change? I ran across a quote online the other day, a very simple statement. Asking for help is not giving up. It is the opposite of giving up. And I was surprised by my surprise, if that makes sense. So, so thinking about it now, it strikes me as an obvious truth. In that split second when I first read it, it felt like a revelation. It felt like a challenge to a message that had been incorporated deep within me by this culture, a message of individualism, a message I didn't think that I believed, but that came forward with this experience, a message of pulling oneself up by one's bootstraps, a message of I think I can, I think I can without the corresponding message of the three little engines that we don't all share the same journey. And that we are here with and for one another to help each other toward our vision of a better world. Asking for help is the opposite of giving up. Because, hey, if it was just me out to change the world, the answer is, I'm sorry. That is not possible. But if it's us, all of us, all of us here, all who came before and all who are to come, then lift me up to the light of change. Give me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that can and should be changed, and the wisdom to truly distinguish One from the other. So may it be.